Welcome. Praise the Lord. You could be seated. Thank you very much. Welcome. I want to welcome those of you that are joining us online. We're so glad that you are. Just real quick, by way of a friendly reminder concerning this Thursday, which, if you can believe it, is Thanksgiving. It's already here. So, uh, and as such, we will not have our uh, Thursday night midweek Bible study where we're currently in Jeremiah. We will resume, of course, the following week. So, we have two services on Sunday morning, and the first service is the weekly Bible prophecy update. Uh, I've been doing this for a number of years. Second service is actually the sermon. It's a verse by verse study currently through First Peter. We're almost done with First Peter. Our text today will be chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. And what we're going to do is look at adversity, specifically that which we as last days Christians can do, not only to survive it, but even thrive in it. And so that'll be at 11.15 a.m. Hawaii time for those of you that want to join with us. And those of you that are watching by way of YouTube or Facebook, we would encourage you to go directly to the website at jdfrog.org. There you will find the uncensored, uninterrupted entirety of today's update. And with that, let's get right to it. A lot to get to today. <laughs> what I want to do is talk with you about how the world today is now deliberately, even demonically, being painted into the proverbial prophetic corner. And by that I mean everything that's now happening in the world as we speak, particularly this last week, is cornering the world into its prophesied end. Perhaps a definition of this idiom would be helpful to understand the metaphor, which as I hope we'll all see, describes where we're at today prophetically with precision accuracy. Painted into a corner is defined as getting oneself into a difficulty from which one can't extricate oneself. This idiom uses the graphic image of painting the entire floor except for the corner one stands in, so that one cannot get out without stepping on wet paint. Now, the reason I wanted to borrow from this idiom is because the world has and is being painted into this prophetic corner. Just this last week, the world moved swiftly in this direction and is now being cornered and even trapped, with the only way out being that of the rapture of the church. Before we jump into this, I think it's incumbent upon me to draw your attention to a very important principle by way of a preface. And uh, please just kind of bear with me. What I'm speaking of is the tendency that we all have, myself included, to focus in on only the information, especially when it comes to 
Bible prophecy. Students and even teachers of Bible prophecy all have this proclivity, for lack of a better word, potential if you prefer, to want the latest information. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, we want to be in the know. Well, there's a problem with that, and the problem is that we don't take it further and put it into practice by way of the application of that information to our lives. While there are, and hear me out please, because in fact we may come back to this if the Lord prompts me, there are numerous and voluminous sources of information, <laughs> Christian or not. But here's the thing, if Jesus is not central, that's all it is. It's just information. As one aptly said it, knowledge is information, but wisdom is the application of that information. And you know what's sad? Many do not take heed. Jesus spoke to this in a sermon He preached, recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. I'll begin reading in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. <laughs> Yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So two builders uh, being compared one with the other. Apparently they're both Christians. Apparently they also went to the same church heard the same sermon. And a lot of similarities. They also just so happened to be building a house, you know. So, wow, that's, they have a lot in common. But apparently there was one big difference between them. One of them built their house, the house of their lives, on the rock and the other built it on the sand. The difference being that the one who built it on the rock applied the word he heard, put into practice the word he heard, so that when that storm hit, and the storm hits, I uh, was particularly interested in where Jesus says that the wind blew and beat against that house. Took quite a beating. 
Does that sound like your week this last week? Taking quite a beating. Well, you can beat me up and I'll be all bus up, <laughs> but I ain't going down because I'm on the rock, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Here's where I'm going with this. All of us will build our lives in this world on one of these two foundations, whether it be the sand or the rock. And in the end, the foundation upon which our lives were built will be revealed, maybe better said, exposed by virtue of whether or not we stand up or crash down when it all comes crashing down. And it's crashing down, by the way. Again, when, not if, the prophetic storms hit, only those who applied and put into practice God's Word as doers of God's Word will stand strong. And conversely, those who did not put into practice God's Word as merely a hearer of God's Word, not only fall, but interesting detail, Jesus says, they will fall with a great crash. It will be a great fall. All that to say this, oftentimes these weekly prophecy updates contain important information. Sometimes it's quite a lot of information. But more importantly, there has to be the application of that information. And such is the case today, in that today's update is most important in its prophetic significance, and is full of significant information related to Bible prophecy. And we would err greatly to not apply and put into practice God's Word in this regard. Now we're going to come back to this at the end of the update, but I just wanted to lay this foundation, no pun intended, <laughs> by way of introduction. But suffice it to say, for now at least, putting God's Word into practice will be evidenced by how all of us are brought closer to Jesus and or salvation in Jesus. You'll forgive me for repeating myself, but there's so much information out there, and even from brothers and sisters in Christ. But if it doesn't get me to Jesus, that's all it is. It's just knowledge and information. And I have this call on my life. The love of Christ compels me, like the Apostle Paul would say, not that I'm comparing myself to him, certainly. But he, he pronounced even a curse, woe unto me, if I don't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm just, I guess, sharing my heart with you in this regard. Again, we'll come back to this. But please know, whether it's me or anyone else, if you don't get to Jesus, you've been, it's a horrendous disservice to you. I'll even say a waste of time. And I don't think there's a one of us here that want that to happen. Get to Jesus. 
get to Jesus as quick as you can, as fast as you can. Okay. How's that for an introduction? <laughs> Are we good? Okay. So now that we have this preface, I think we can proceed with what I'll refer to as the big three. And the big three have a total of six C's. Now for those of you that don't like the number six, I understand. You can give me a C for creative, and then we'll have seven. But if not, here's six. <laughs> the first one, and these are in order, is climate change. The second is cryptocurrency. And the third is the COVID conspiracy all three of which are working in concert one with the other. And by working in concert, I mean all three are painting the same floor, if you will, in the same direction, overlapping, intersecting, and now closing in on said prophetic corner. Let's start with climate change and the blasphemous COP 27, 2022 United Nations climate change conference held in Egypt. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. This conference itself was held in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt, but Pope Francis led a delegation of religious leaders to Mount Sinai. In so doing, they established 10 climate change commandments which interestingly comported with the 10 guidelines on the Georgia Guidestones. I say it that way because it is no coincidence that the stone tablets of the Georgia Guidestones with the 10 guidelines on them were destroyed. And you can actually cross-reference the 10 guidelines on those Guidestones with the 10 commandment, new commandments, climate commandments. They comport one with the other. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because it's eerily similar to Moses destroying the first set of stone tablets, then subsequently having a second set. And if this weren't bad enough, according to the Times of Israel last Sunday, November 13th, activists smashed the stone tablets atop Mount Sinai to launch their faith-based climate push. In the interest of time, I'll refer you to two videos that we've provided links to, as we do with all the references. The first of which is from Hugo Talks, titled 10 Climate Commandments versus 10 Georgia Guidestone Guidelines. The second one is from Really Graceful, titled Destroying the Georgia Guidestones, which is very interesting about the satanic origins of this mysterious monument that has since been destroyed. And even more interesting, this video was actually posted four years ago, back in the year 2018. So. We've got climate change. Now I want you to hang on to climate change as we now talk about cryptocurrency. 
And then when we talk about cryptocurrency, I want you to hang on to those two, because what you're going to see, I hope today, based on what happened this last week, it is breathtaking. What you're going to see is that all three now have come together and are forcing the world today to its prophesied end. And it's happening very fast, very, very fast. So hang on to climate change. We're going to come back to it. Cryptocurrency. Again, all three are in concert, one with the other. And now we come to the prophetic corner of cryptocurrency. They're connected in concert together because the climate change agenda, agenda has as its intended end what's known as a carbon credit score. Now I'm going to do my best to simplify this. I don't want it to be an oversimplification, but God's given you an intellect and the ability to reason through and think through this. And don't let the enemy, because I, I know what he's going to do. He's going to, right now, even now, try to put a thought into your mind. Well, this is kind of over my head. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, and so then your mind starts wandering and you start thinking about uh, the samples at Costco this afternoon, of course, presupposing you can find a parking spot. Don't let them do that. Don't let them do that. Well, Pastor J.D., with all, <laughs> all due respect, this is, uh, you know, this is very complicated stuff. Actually, it's not. It's actually quite simple when you peel back the layers and see what's at the core of this. So I'll do my best with the help of the Holy Spirit to explain this in the context of its prophetic significance. So carbon credit score. This carbon credit score will merge and fuse with the blockchain technology of cryptocurrency so as to control the global economy. Are we good so far? Blockchain technology is this very sophisticated technology in the cryptocurrency world that is authenticating and validating and verifying every single transaction. How? When you initiate a transaction, it has to be verified through a very complex uh, process, through many computers, a lot of computing power, and once it's verified and authentic and validated, then it's added as a block to the chain, hence blockchain. That is a valid transaction that has been verified. Okay? That's what blockchain technology is. And the technology is so advanced that you can validate and verify and authenticate every single transaction of every human being on the planet. You know where this is going, right? Okay. Picture here is a screenshot of a video by Coin Bureau titled, A New Social Credit Score. You won't believe what's coming. <laughs> Here's some excerpts from the transcript. 
just like with the crypto market, there are global regulations coming for the carbon credits market. During the UN COP or COP26 climate summit in Glasgow last year, 200 countries adopted Article 6 of the 2015 Paris Agreement. The main takeaway is that it will create, listen, a single global, single global carbon credits market that an upcoming UN agency will regulate. If you use up your annual carbon allowance before the year is over by, say, eating too much meat or traveling too much, then you will no longer be able to do carbon intensive things. If you're wondering how the government will prevent you from purchasing carbon intensive things, the answer is a central bank digital currency. CBDC, cryptocurrency in its current form, the most well-known of which is Bitcoin, is decentralized. This is centralized, so it's controlled. It's a centralized bank, and it's a digital currency using this technology. CBDCs, still quoting, are necessary for an individual carbon credit system to work as our government issued digital IDs. Put that in your hip pocket or your purse for just a moment. Digital IDs? Yeah, they're also prerequisites for CBDCs. Okay, doubtless many of you have heard about the recent shakeup and even crashing down of the cryptocurrency market, which brings me to another Coin Bureau video. This one is titled, The Company That's Taking Over Crypto. Here's some quotes. In my opinion, the most important announcement in 2022 was the release of the Verity platform in February. This is because it seeks to roll out digital identities in cryptocurrency. It will, in fact, have the power to take total control of every proof of stake smart contract cryptocurrency in existence. The institutions it has aligned itself with explicitly want to take control of every transaction you and I make forever. Governments will need to roll out both digital IDs and CBDCs for an individual carbon credit system to work. And then he says this, central banks have been moving abnormally fast on that front lately. That's, uh, <laughs> that is a gross understatement. And here's why. If you're anything like me, and I would suggest that you probably are, you woke up on Tuesday morning to the stunning, and I mean stunning, breaking news that the world's major financial institutions 
had joined with the New York Fed to launch a 12-week CBDC pilot program. This is huge. Oh, <laughs> and it's right on time. I truly do not know if it's possible to overstate the paramount importance of just this development concerning the cashless global economy. And this for two reasons. The first of which is that the bankruptcy of the FTX crypto exchange, which is unprecedented in size and scope, was orchestrated, pre-planned and perfectly timed on the heels of this crypto exchange crashing and collapsing. We're talking hundreds of billions with a B dollars. So now all of a sudden the whole crypto world is shaken up. And now they're losing confidence in cryptocurrency, decentralized cryptocurrency, digital currency. Oh, I see what's going on here. This uh, Bankman uh, Free, Bankman, that's an interesting name, Bankman-Freed. It's spelled like fried. I think that's a better pronunciation of his name. You'll forgive me. But um, this guy, very interesting guy. Um, I'll just uh, uh, say it. As you know, I'm not bashful. This guy was uh, set up funded, planted, and they used him in the creation of this exchange with the intent of crashing it right on time. Because once they crashed that which they had set up through this guy, this uh, puppet, if you will, um, now all of a sudden the whole crypto world's going, what are we going to do? Oh, no worries. No need to fear. The New York Fed is here and we're going to launch a pilot and we're going to paint you into our crypto corner. We're going to force you into our centralized digital currency. Oh, it's, just per it's perfect timing. I mean, you, you couldn't time it any better. It's scripted. It's planned. It's timed. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry I'm yelling. I haven't even got into the really interesting stuff that I really want to yell about. So I'll save my yelling, I guess. But now it's important to understand that in order to fulfill the prophecy in Revelation 13, which we'll talk more about shortly, the controlled demolition of the current economy must happen first. And this is the second reason for the profound prophetic importance of the bankruptcy of this scripted FTX crypto exchange. So again, stay with me. I'll try to explain this simply. It's a forcing the current global economy to be painted into the prophetic corner of a cashless digital economy. And here's the thing. 
when, not if that happens. And by the way, it's now happening. I don't think I can rightly say sometime in the not too distant future. Uh, I don't even think I can say the immediate future. I don't even think I can say future. I think I have to say present, because it's happening presently as we speak at breakneck speed. It's happening now. And the only way to buy and sell will be digitally predicated upon one's credit score. And we're not talking about your FICA score. We're talking about carbon credit and social credit. I'm going to refer you to one more video, which is also from Really Graceful. In it, she explains what and who is really behind this FTX crypto exchange bankruptcy. And I have to say that it is absolutely astounding when you see what's really going on behind the curtain, as it were. So you're still hanging on to climate change, right? Can I also ask you to hang on to <laughs> cryptocurrency? Um, because both are fast painting and cornering the world prophetically, connecting us to the third one, which unites all three of them and finishes the job. So you ready? All right. We're going to have to at this time go ahead and end the live stream on YouTube and Facebook. So first, kindly allow me to expound more specifically on what I refer to as the COVID conspiracy. The mere mention of the word conspiracy comes packaged with negative connotations, chiefly that of tinfoil hat paranoia, which is delegitimized and as such dismissed. Perfect. That's exactly what it was intended to do. What do you mean? Well, the phrase conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, was first introduced back in the 1960s by none other than the CIA. Why? Oh, the CIA needed to come up with a cover to cover up the actual conspiracies. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to create this label, conspiracy theory, and we're going to categorize people and label them as oh, tinfoil hat people. And then people who dare question the narrative will be quickly assigned this label of conspiracy theory, and they will be dismissed out of hand, summarily dismissed as, oh, you're one of those, you wacko. You know, <laughs> I mean, we chuckle. It's a nervous chuckle, I guess, but it's a nervous chuckle because the CIA was met with astonishing success in so doing.
For those wishing to document the authenticity of this, we've provided a link to Dane Wigington's website, geoengineeringwatch.org, that we refer to a lot. Dane is well known for his outstanding research and documentation of the facts, the facts. And this page is no exception. Now, why am I taking the time on this? Because it's germane to our understanding of what a conspiracy really is from a biblical perspective, and even more importantly, in the context of what we're doing today from a prophetic perspective. The fact of the matter is that Satan has and is plotting a conspiracy such that he's conspiring against man with his evil plan to destroy man in the end as a sign of the end. It is a conspiracy. Thankfully, as the prophet Isaiah prophesied about a conspiracy to destroy Jerusalem, like them then we need not fear now. Isaiah chapter 8, beginning in verse 11. This is what the Lord says to me, with His strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear, and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. Okay. When I say COVID conspiracy, this is conspiracy truth. And it explains why and how the COVID conspiracy will be the final prong of the aforementioned three-prong prophecy. I'll explain and expound on the next. Uh, uh, but first, if you don't mind, I need to just humbly ask that you replace conspiracy theory with conspiracy truth. Would you be willing to do that? Uh, the reason is, is because this is the truth. And this is the final brushstroke, if you will, as the final solution, reducing and subsequently controlling the population described in Revelation during the tribulation. This is the conspiracy. This is the satanic conspiracy, conspiring an evil conspiracy against man to destroy man. And here's how I get there. A biometric digital ID vis-a-vis cryptocurrencies blockchain technology will be implemented via a vaccine. Oh, there he goes again. Okay, whatever. This crypto blockchain is the only technology that can verify and authenticate that all financial transactions are both climate compliant and COVID compliant. 
And to the question of how can we be so sure this is all going to be packaged in a COVID vaccine, we need to look no further than, no less than, three prophecies recorded in the book of Revelation, starting with Revelation chapter 18, verse 23, concerning the fall of Babylon. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your key word sorcery, pharmakia in the Greek, where we get pharmacy, pharmaceutical, this sorcery, this, this altered state of consciousness, this altered state of humanity, by the way, using this demonic and satanic sorcery, via a pharmaceutical, all the nations were deceived. Uh, may I again, I'll, I'll couch it in a question and just kindly ask it. It's rhetorical, I guess, in, in a way. But would you agree that all the nations of the earth are today deceived by what we call this COVID injection? Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. We've got a lot of hmms, but I'll try to keep it down. Revelation 9, verse 21. We get some more uh, detail here in these next couple of uh, prophecies. And they did not repent of their murders, or their sorceries, pharmakia, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. In other words, the inference is they still had time to repent, but did not. And then perhaps even more telling in its detail and specificity is Revelation 16, verses 1 and 2. John writing by the Holy Spirit says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go, pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast, and worshiped its image. Now why do I emphasize that? Because, and please, please, please stay with me, and I may need to um, just give you a brief summary of what mRNA actually is. Okay? Again, don't let the enemy get in there and say, well, this is above my pay grade, and I, you know, this is over my head. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. M is messenger. RNA are the worker bees for the DNA. The, the DNA gets all the credit, and the RNA does all the work. So already, we don't like RNA, right? So what do they do? They, they take now the, uh, the uh, message to the entire body, all the cells in the body, and the message that is coded that the RNA is to take and put into the DNA is you need to make proteins. 
And so the RNA now is doing this for the DNA and to the DNA. Now why is that detail important? Because when someone takes this mark, when it becomes the mark and it is not yet the mark, they will be doomed and damned for all eternity. There's no hope for them. Why? Because the DNA of the human being has now been altered. And Jesus came as a man to redeem man. And Satan knows this. This is the conspiracy to destroy mankind, humankind. How's he going to destroy it? Answer, as in the days of Noah, so too will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Let me explain. What was it like in the days of Noah? We're told that Noah was found to be intact in his genetics. His DNA was still unaltered and still pure. Everyone else's DNA had been corrupted and altered by the Nephilim, the seed of the serpent, mixing with and altering the seed of man. And that's what that verse, by the way, says in the original. It's when it says, some of your translations render it, Noah was righteous. That's, that's, a, that's an unfortunate <laughs> translation, because in the Hebrew it's the word tamim. In my native tongue of Arabic it's the same word. We pronounce it taman. And the word for he was uh, righteous in all of his generations. No, he was intact in his genetics. So <laughs> Are we okay so far? Should we bow our heads, close our eyes, you can walk out, leave, we won't notice. So Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so too will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So in the days of Noah, what do we know to be true? That the human DNA had been corrupted and altered, save Noah and his family, whose DNA, their genetics, were still intact. So they were saved. But the others were doomed and damned. There was no hope. So too will it be in the tribulation, as recorded and prophesied in the book of Revelation. And the world right now is being painted into that corner as we speak. And so when someone takes this mark, not only are they doomed and damned, because they're no longer fully human, but altered in their genetics, because of what the mRNA has done in recoding the DNA. Now you're damned and doomed for all eternity. And here's the detail, and please notice this. This would imply that there's some sort of a medical reaction, a physical reaction to have festering sores break out on the people specifically who had the mark. And we're told it's a pharmaceutical sorcery. So this is a physical pharmaceutical injection of sorts. We talked about this over the last two plus years. 
the way they'll get it. It's a stamp, tattoo, palisade, which is what the word mark means in Revelation in the original language. And they get it on you and in you. And then once that happens, it's game over. That's how we know that it is a pharmaceutical solution and final solution. Okay, Pastor, how come uh, you're so dogmatic at a, about it being a COVID vaccine? Well, just hang on and I'll explain why. Um, before we read this well-known and often quoted Revelation 13 prophecy, I want to make an appeal to your God-given ability to reason through this with me, okay? Again, God's given you a great intellect. This prophecy, well known, points to specifically the COVID-19 vaccine. It will be digital. It will be programmable restricting and tracking all transactions and travel, as we'll see next. But first, here's what Revelation 13, 16 through 18 says concerning the image of the beast, the worship of the beast, and the mark of the beast. Verse 16, Revelation 13. He also, keyword, forced everyone into this corner. He forced everyone painted everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number, his number is 666. Enter this absolutely stunning G20 leaders declaration in Bali, Indonesia, just five days ago on Wednesday. Uh, it's been a very interesting week for me. I usually try to start uh, the prophecy update around, you know, Monday night, Tuesday-ish, heavy on the ish. I like to have at least the first draft done by Wednesday. And then of course it undergoes numerous revisions throughout the week, even up to early on Sunday mornings like today. So when I started the process, as I do every week, I could not have known what was in store this week. Tuesday, the 12-week pilot for digital currency perfectly scheduled right on time on the heels of the FTX cryptocurrency exchange bankruptcy. And then I, I thought, oh man, I go, oh, you know, so I'm going crazy. Presupposes I'm not already crazy. That could be argued. So that was Tuesday. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm of course all over this. This is huge. So I'm going through all my research and vetting everything and trying to educate myself on it and understand it and what's going on with this and how does this apply and connect with Bible prophecy and what does this mean and how do I get people to Jesus with this? 
Yeah, you'll, you'll scare the H-E double toothpicks out of them, and that's how you'll get them to Jesus. <laughs> I don't have to do that. This is already doing that, I think, for us. But um, so then that's Tuesday. I, I wake up on Wednesday morning. I'm like, okay, roll up my arm sleeves, got to get the draft, at least the first draft, rough draft done. And then this breaks. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> no way. To which the Lord says, not that he speaks audibly, way. I'm like, Lord, seriously, Lord, because th this, this is exactly, it's like the Lord said, I know. I mean, but Lord, th this is exactly what this is all about. I know. This is exactly where it's going. I know. And so do you, by the way. Now put it together. Okay. Help me, Holy Spirit put this thing together, make some sense out of it, tie it together, package it, present it, and then apply it, which we're going to do. So what is this about? Well, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing. Again, it's kind of a nervous laughter because this is pretty serious. In this declaration that they sign, they state that digitally certified and verified vaccine passports will be adopted to facilitate all international travel. Moreover, they, with a stroke of their pen, so to speak, sign this declaration that in effect will connect the COVID conspiracy to climate change and cryptocurrency. That, that's what I mean. I'm like, Lord, that's, that's you. Yeah. Wow. Tuesday and Wednesday, in a, in a span of about 48 hours. Come on. Do you see what I see? <laughs> I think I, something doesn't smell quite right here. Oh, the very next day? You're going to now tie all of this together? What a script. What a perfectly timed satanic script forcing, painting the world into this prophesied corner, this controlled corner, and there's no way out except the rapture. Can't wait. This was Tuesday, Wednesday, Lord, so just saying. <laughs> All right. What follows are brief excerpts from this G20 declaration. Um, this, without question, um, is evidence that all of this is in tandem, in concert, connecting one with the other. Paragraph 22. We recognize that the extensive COVID-19 immunization is a global public good. And we will advance our effort to ensure timely and effective vaccines 
no later than six months from the date of the 12th World Trade Organization's ministerial decision on the response to the COVID-19 pandemic. It should be noted that the World Trade Organization, WTO's 12th ministerial conference, MC12, took place June 12th through June 17th of this year at the WTO headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland. So the declaration on Wednesday refers to this and actually attaches to this the timeline of six months. Well, that puts it into December 12th, 13th, which comports with a White House executive order that we talked about a while back earlier this year to issue CBDC, at least do a feasibility study of it. Yeah, right. And the target date, and there was very specific timelines in that massive document, as there is with this, it put it right about the same time. You have to, you know, figure it out and calculate it to come up with that. But it puts it less than what? What time is it now? <laughs> I mean, that's coming up, right? Okay. Continuing to quote, we remain committed to, this is an interesting word, embedding, embedding really a multi-sectoral one health approach and enhancing, listen to this, global surveillance, including genomic surveillance. That's your DNA. That's the human genome. They've mapped the human genome because they want to alter the human genome. And stop calling me a conspiracy theorist. This is the part of what I was going to yell, I guess. <laughs> Paragraph 23, it gets worse. We acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods to facilitate seamless international travel, interoperability, and recognizing digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. We support continued international dialogue and collaboration on the establishment of trusted global digital health networks as part of the efforts to build on the success of the existing standards and digital COVID-19 certificates. That's why I believe with all my heart and am dogmatic about it being this vaccine, not a future one, this one, this one. Did I say this one? This one. Okay. This is the COVID conspiracy. Paragraph 24. Cryptocurrency. Listen to this. We recognize the importance of digital transformation. Well, that's an interesting choice of words. Not reformation, transformation. Transhumanism, transformation. This is completely transforming everything to enhance confidence and trust in the digital economy. Oh, perfect. Right here. 
God's Word told me you were going to do that. In fact, I wonder, did you read this and say, we need to be starting on this one here? Because that's what this is, exactly what this is. Okay, so we've got the COVID conspiracy connecting now cryptocurrency. Let's connect it to climate change, shall we? Paragraph 42. We are deeply concerned that multidimensional crises, including the COVID-19 pandemic, are posing significant challenges towards realizing the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development in a timely manner. We will demonstrate leadership and take collective actions to implement the 2030 Agenda, Agenda for Sustainable Development and accelerate, keyword, the achievement of the SDGs by, you want a timeline? 2030. Agenda 2030. Sustainable Development. The Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs. You know what they are, right? They're all about climate change, worshiping the creation instead of the Creator. Romans 1, by the way. Now, how are they going to achieve and accelerate the SDGs by 2030? They tell us, by reinvigorating a more inclusive multilateralism and reform aimed at implementing the 2030 Agenda. Oh, now it's all starting to come together. This was the plan slash agenda all along. We just needed that final solution. That's a quote from Bill Gates, by the way, back in 2020, in reference to this so-called vaccine. He said, the final solution. And then the host stopped him and said, you may want to use a different, you know, they chuckle. <laughs> no, he meant that. He meant final solution. This is the final solution. What's the final solution? The depopulation and the subsequent controlling of a reduced population of the world, exactly as the book of Revelation describes, fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation. And again, please, I, I, this is now. This is now. I, I'm, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's keep moving, okay? One more point on this, and it is so crucial that all of us consider this as it relates to the COVID conspiracy being the final solution. Now, again, I'm going to appeal to your, your God-given intellect, and I want you to think through this with me. I'm going to pose a question. I want you to think about this. Wouldn't it stand to reason that the age of those behind all of this lends itself to a time-driven urgency to accomplish all of this now? In other words, these demon-possessed and possibly transhuman conspirators must make their mark, pun intended, now or never. They're not getting any younger, if you haven't noticed. So these, I'm going to call them conspirators. I know there's other labels and fine, but I, I see them as satanic conspirators, 
because this is satanically inspired. These are the agents of Satan himself, demon possessed, to do Satan's bidding through these human or even transhuman agents. And they've got to do this now. It is time driven, not just time sensitive. And they've got to strike while the proverbial iron is hot. This is the opportunity. And in fact, they told us that, if you think about it, when this whole thing started, according to their schedule, perfectly on time. Um, they even told us that this presents a rare opportunity. This COVID crisis presents a rare opportunity that we would not have otherwise had. And it stems from a saying that we attribute to a number of people. I, I think the original source is actually unknown. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Really? That's the, you, 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 don't let it go to waste. You created the crisis. And then you control the reaction and the opposition. As Vladimir Lenin was quoted as saying, the best way to control the opposition is to lead it yourself. Brilliant. Evil, but brilliant. It's brilliantly evil. And then once you've created the crisis, and you've controlled the opposition and the reaction, then you usher in the final solution. <laughs> Effects added. You get the point. Would you agree with what I just said? That the conspirators alive today, they have to do it now. They're not going to say, hey, you know, let's, uh, we've got, we've accomplished quite a bit here. I mean, really, we had a pretty good week. Wouldn't you agree, guys? I mean, we got the, you know, especially on the heels of COP27, we crashed FTX, we shook up the crypto market, we introduced the uh, centralized bank digital currency, and, and then we got the guys there in Bali to sign this declaration that brings it all together with climate change and, and, uh, uh, cryptocurrency market, and now COVID-19, so-called vaccines, to verify. You won't be able to do anything unless you are COVID compliant and climate compliant. Let me mention one more thing on this before we get back to how we began. When I say programmable, the digital currency can be shut off, restricted, with just a click of the mouse, so to speak. So you go to the store, it's, it's no longer the balance you have, it's the credits you have. There's no, no such thing now as even currency, it's all a score. And it's all about your carbon credit score, your social credit score, and they will control and even turn off your ability to buy and sell, which they did, by the way, when they started this whole thing. Remember when you were restricted to only one package of toilet paper at Costco? And the militia came out if you tried to sneak in too. So we just used another card and went through a different aisle and got two. So just anyway, they restricted it. 
They restricted the quantity. That was just a test run. Get us conditioned now. Uh, the lockdown, oh, this is, okay, real quick, just, can I? <sighs> real quick. Thursday night, Jeremiah 37, 38. Very fascinating. King Zedekiah, Judah, they're like relieved because the Chaldeans, the Babylonians who had besieged the city left. They went to take care of the Egyptians who Judah thought was coming to their rescue. And so they left. And then all of a sudden now the people there in Judah, in Jerusalem, were able to move about freely. Even Jeremiah tried to leave, go to Anathoth to see this property he bought while in prison. He gets as far as the gate and they're like, you know, you're defecting. And then they end up throwing him in prison. And so, but the lockdown was lifted. The stay at home order has been lifted. The Chaldeans are gone. We're getting back to normal now. There's no more restrictions. There's no more lockdown order. There's no more mandates. I mean, hey, we can do what we want now. Thank you, Lord. Not so fast, Judah. Jeremiah has the unenviable position of prophesying, uh, don't get too comfortable with the lifted restrictions. And by the way, I, I would venture to say, <laughs> you still have to be injected to enter the United States of America. You know that, right? Did you know that? Yeah, you do. If you're not a U.S. citizen and you want to travel into the U.S., you have to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination. Okay? So they can program it. And you go into the store and you don't have a good enough or high enough carbon credit score because you ate steak last week and they debited your score. They reduced your score accordingly. And you try to buy another steak because that last one was really good. And it says declined. Not a, not a high enough score. They can shut it off like that. They control it. Centralized, controlled. <laughs> well, this brings me full circle to how we began concerning the putting into practice the prophetic Word of God by way of its application. We've looked at much in the way of information, but the application of all this information is the solid rock foundation of our lives. So what is the application? How do we put this into practice? Answer, I want to start with 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. This is where I need for you to just be gracious to me and be patient with me. Peter is describing a scenario in which it is a foregone conclusion. The presupposition is that it's just a matter of time before everything will be destroyed. The global economy is going to be destroyed. Our way of lives will be destroyed. And so in light of that, the question is, uh, what kind of people ought you to be? Answer, you ought to live holy and godly lives. Um, I'm just going to, 
I wrote it down this morning, actually, and I think I'd be safer if I didn't try to uh, go too far off on this. Let me just read you my notes here. This is no time to be playing around in the playground. We are at war, fighting the good fight of faith in the battleground. We're fighting for our lives and the eternal lives of people. This is no time to, that, that world doesn't exist anymore. Everything's going to be destroyed. What is your response? Are you still living your life like it was 2018 or even 2019? That world doesn't exist anymore. You're living in an alternative. I'm, I'm doing the very thing I said I wouldn't do. We're at war. This is a spiritual war. Romans 13, beginning in verse 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Translated, put away the toys. Playtime's over. We're in wartime. This is wartime. This is no time to be playing around. This is time to get serious about the things of God. Put all that stuff aside. Here's the bottom line. Get to Jesus and or get back to Jesus as fast as you can, as close as you can, while there's still time. Little time, but there's still time. This is why we do the updates. This is why we end with the gospel and the ABCs of salvation. What's the gospel? First Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses, very simple. It's that Jesus came and He died and He was buried and He rose again on the third day. And as Paul writes to the Thessalonians, He's coming back again one day. That's the good news, the gospel. What are the ABCs? Just a simple way, childlike explanation of salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you sinned. And that admitting that you're a sinner will drive you to the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 explains why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all broken His law. We're all lawbreakers. And that should drive us to the one who fulfilled the law in our stead. So what is the penalty for breaking the law and the transgression? Well, the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. That's the bad news. What's the good news? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but, good news, 
The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. Very simply, very central, is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13 says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. It's childlike simple. Well, today's But God testimony comes from Gabriella Harmon, who writes, Dear Pastor J.D., my sisters and I watch your prophecy updates, and we are so grateful to God for you and your faithful ministry. It's hard to find in these last days a pastor who truly has a heart for Jesus and has no interest in this broken and wicked world, and I don't. We wanted to write to you to let you know about an incident that happened to us a couple of weeks ago, which ties in with many of your updates. We live in Essex, England, and recently we went to the city of Cambridge for a meal to celebrate, as it was the birthday of one of our sisters. We had a wonderful meal together, praising God and leaving ABCs and Rapture, how to be born again letters around here and there, both in the restaurant and also the local area around the restaurant, even managing to speak to a few people about Jesus and His imminent return. We felt the Lord was really blessing us, and we were full of His praises. As we walked around the local area near the restaurant, one of my sisters called out, Oh my goodness! We all looked to see what she had seen, and across the street from us was a large building, very modern, with an imposing huge statue outside of what seemed to be a giant with a large coiled cone hat on, Nimrod the mighty hunter, holding an elephant elevated upside down by its trunk. The building had above it the words AstraZeneca in bold, large letters. Being curious and wanting to leave the ABCs and letters outside the building, we crossed the road and approached it, managing to leave the gospel for anyone who might sit on one of the benches outside the building. Noticing cameras watching us, we moved on down the road. The next building was an estate agent. Then after that, we were stopped in our tracks by another building, which looked like a modern office with imposing glass windows, revealing a large lobby reception containing several large bronze statues. On the outside of this building were four elevated dancing creatures with human bodies and bird beak-like faces, which we recognize as being pagan idolatry. Inside the lobby were several pagan idolatry statues, but the one which sent shivers down our spines was an imposing huge statue, bang, in the middle of the lobby. I just love how the English talk, yeah? Bang on, bang in the middle. Of a bull with an open mouth, Baal worship. As we walked around this building, there were so many statues representing pagan satanic symbolism. 
There were even demonic statues on the top of the building looking down on us. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. We felt a very uneasy presence and gathered together holding hands and prayed to the most high God in the name of Jesus for protection. Being curious about whom this building represented, we searched it there and then, and no surprises. It was the main headquarter office of the aforementioned company, company AstraZeneca. We were in no doubt as to who they have allegiances with after seeing their symbolisms. By the way, parenthetically, let me say, the Pfizer New York headquarters, all satanic. You, anyway, it's all demonic, all the symbolism demonic. She goes on, we noticed a police car <laughs> come near and slow down watching us. Uh-oh. So we decided to move on and headed back to our car to go home. We felt God had led us there to see this, but we all had a feeling that something might happen. It took us five minutes to get back to where we had parked the car and starting our journey home, leaving Cambridge. Our sister who was driving became disoriented. She had driven this route many times previously and took a wrong turn in the road. It was dark and there are many roundabouts in Cambridge. So she asked for us to help. Just as we were doing so, she came up to another roundabout. And although she intended to take a right turn for some unknown reason to her, she indicated signal left. And just as she did so, another car came out of nowhere at high speed, approximately 60 miles per hour, and smashed into the front driver's side of our car. The other vehicle bounced off after hitting us and spun around the road ahead twice before leaving the road, still at high speed, and smashed into several trees before becoming trapped. We heard the smash against our car, but God. Our bodies hardly moved, and our car did not move from its lane an inch, but came to a safe standstill. Our sister who was driving said she cannot remember stopping the car. Oh. It was as though our vehicle had a bubble around it and that we had been supernaturally protected. That's because you were. <laughs> we all got out of the car safe without even a scratch. Other vehicles seeing the accident stopped and couldn't believe we hadn't spun and lost control of our car from the impact of the high speed hit we had received. It had been no more than 15 minutes since we st stood outside the offices of AstraZeneca. But God, we have no doubt that God had sent His angels, Psalm 91, to protect us as there was no other explanation as to how our vehicle had not even moved an inch from the impact and we were all safe, not even a scratch. The front driver's side had been smashed and bent in. Had the impact been a few millimeters nearer to the driver's door, it would have been a different story. And had our sister turned right as she intended to, we would have had a complete disaster as the oncoming vehicle would have taken us out completely. When the police arrived, we discovered that the driver of the other vehicle was three times over the drink drive limit. Thank the Lord for His mercy as the driver was okay, as he was being taken away to spend the night in prison, we gave the police officer the ABCs to give to him. <laughs> oh, I love these guys. The devil tried to use him to hurt us, but God, 
We wanted to tell you what happened to us and that you are completely correct in that these companies are in league with the devil's agenda and do not hide it. Maybe God wanted us to see it so that you can let everyone know. On a lighter note, we get together as a home church once a week for Bible study and also watch your prophecy updates every Sunday. Yeah, here's a photo showing us together wearing our But God t-shirts, yeah? <laughs> How cool is this? Uh, one of the sisters had made them for the group. Hope you like them. I like them a lot. Please continue to give the truth and to be faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. I, have, I don't have permission to stop. <laughs> as He is truly with us and for us, and is coming one day very, very soon. Lots of love, your sisters in Christ, Gabriella, Michelle, Sarah, and Lamia. Praise the Lord. Capono, come on up. Why don't you go ahead and stand up. Thank you so much for your patience. I, I know today was uh, quite a bit, but man, what a week. And. Um, I just pray again by way of application, putting into practice the words of Christ, building our lives on the rock-solid foundation of Christ, that we'll take the things that we've seen here today and allow the Holy Spirit unfettered access to our hearts to begin that process. And it is a process where we start viewing everything in our lives through the lens of the nearness of the rapture of the church because that should change the complexion of everything we do. All of the investments we make, all of the time that we take, everything should be funneled through that lens and viewed through that lens. I pray that we'll take this to heart and take heed to God's Word. Father in heaven, I I pray that we would be numbered amongst those of whom it is said they're doers, not merely hearers of your prophetic word, the more sure word of Bible prophecy. Lord, that's the purpose of it, right? To show us ahead of time what the world's going to look like at the end of time so that we'll be readied and steadied for when that trumpet sounds. And not just for us, but that it would create such an urgency within us to get as many people as we can to you, Jesus, while there's still time. Because that's the only thing that's going to matter in the end. None of this matters at all in light of eternity. The only thing that matters is you, Jesus. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you that, yes, it's, it's exciting, maybe a little bit terrifying, but in a, in a sanctified way. But thank you, Lord, for telling us what the world's going to look like, because it's that way now, exactly as you said it would be. And so we're looking up, Lord, and we're lifting up our heads, because we know with a certainty that that trumpet's going to sound. And you're going to come and you're going to take us out of that prophetic corner that the world is being painted into even now. Thank you for that, Jesus. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, Amen.